Another knife that I wear every single day. It's kind of like has like a little, it's a fixed blade, had a little custom scabbard that I had made for it. Work, if you're in a tree and you're climbing a tree and you're like trying to like reach around your harness to get in your pocket to cut something, come on, bring it on. It's right there. It's a really nice custom made knife with a custom leather scabbard. And that thing is freaking sharp all the time. I sharpen that thing. When I get out, when I get the, that grinder out and I sharpen that thing, it makes, you know, sparks fly and it's putting little dust all over the counter and it, man, that thing gets sharp. But something has to get ground off. Like in our relationships with each other, like, you know, husbands and wives, you know, friends. I mean, there is like the polishing phase where like, man, it's really not tons of friction, but sometimes there's lots of friction. And like, we need that. Remember Jesus says, hey, in this world, you're going to have lots of troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Like, you're going to have some stuff that happens, but you, got, you get to invite Jesus into the equation. But we need people sharpening us, and when we get sharp, there's friction that happens. That's part of having comrades, having fellowship. So how do we build camaraderie? Mission. This is super important. Does anybody remember our mission statement? I talked about it last week at the beginning of my sermon. Okay, let me get the gift of interpretation here. Gather, grow, and go. You guys remember this? Deer in the headlights? Okay. So gather around his presence. Grow as we follow Jesus. Go to the nations. This is super important. We got, hey, we got a mission trip coming up. Maybe to Tijuana. If you weren't here last week, I announced that. It was kind of a last-minute trip that kind of pulled together. We still have a few spots left for our uh, El Salvador trip. Dave's gone. Emily's gone. We got some people. Who who's already like kind of put their name in the hat for that? Courtney, Mike, Lanny, Benson, Gary. You you in now? Okay. All right. Bring it on. All right. So we're full. No, I'm just kidding. So I think we do have a few more spots left. But hey, you just need a passport. You need a great attitude and some walking shoes. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time. But I'm super. Shared mission. When we have shared mission, like just do something with somebody and like. The, Connection is built. Camaraderie is forged. Okay, I watched this uh, Netflix series. My computer's giving me the spinny wheel right now. There we go. Oh. oh, all right. It says my image. It says the image cannot be displayed, but it's showing it here, which is awesome. That's great. That's all that counts. Has anybody seen this? All right, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. Everybody else needs to be dismissed and go watch this. Okay, this guy, there's some language in it, so that hurts your feelings, don't watch it. But this is a, it's awesome. Watch this thing. And has anybody hiked a mountain? I'm going to go way over time, but it's okay. I've hiked the South Sister, like, uh, I've hiked Mount Shasta. Like, that's a whole other story. But it's like, I went from, like, 500 feet in Reading, 24 hours. Like, it was, and I didn't know you're not supposed to really do that. Like, I got, like, I was, like, messed up. You have to... We had to start hiking at, um, I think, like 10 o'clock at night to summit by up there after a certain time because storms can, like, happen. You can die and stuff. And we're, like, we just, like, downloaded a do it. <laughs> Cash the app. So, you know. It, man, it was, like, I was, like, I remember laying. Just going to lay down for a little bit. I was so tired. It was a weird brain fog. My buddy's, like, we should keep going. I'm, like, just a, just a little nap. 
crazy. Anyway, that's my, that's my mountaineering experience, okay? Uh, Nims, yeah, Nims, was, that's his full name, Nims. But he's like, he's just the most butt-kicking butt-kicker you have ever heard of in your life. He just breathes mental toughness. He is uh, one, the only, like, Nepali guy to, like, make it to the British, like, just a butt kicker. When he was trained to become part of the Special Forces, he would get up at like two in the morning. He'd run 75-pound backpack on, and then, you know, he would do his day, and then he'd work out to 11 o'clock at night, and then he'd do it. He had this vision. There's only, there's like, um, there's 14 peaks that are over 8,000 meters, and, and it took him 16 years to complete it all. This guy did it, all those peaks, in seven, seven months. It was, it was like insane. He summited, he summited wrist and uh, like, and then with, within 48 hours, he did two that are other, the two of the other highest ones. Like, like literally like he got, he summited at Everest and there's like, there's a cue, like took the picture. Like when you're on top of Everest, you're not thinking like, I'm going to snap some pictures. You're thinking like, don't die, don't die, don't die. Where's my Sherpa? You know, cause the, the Sherpas are like butt kickers. They do it like on a... A regular basis. Okay, you're my Westerner. Come over here. I'm gonna take you to the top. You can get your pictures. We take you back down. And these guys are like the unsung heroes of mountaineering, right? And so, like these guys and their team, they like they're past like 95% of the people going up. Like, there's not like passing trails. He hiked K2 and like there, everyone is a base camp and they couldn't. Make it. And he like he's like we're gonna do it. Like and he. Everyone else that ended up summoning it like went in his footsteps. It was awesome. This guy's a leader of leaders. And um, next slide just shows kind of like, that's a junky picture, but it shows some of the peaks. You can go to the next slide. And this is like, but the one thing he says, he's like, I could not do it without any of these guys. And these guys are not just Sherpas. This is this guy's name. And this is this guy's name. This is what he's good at. And this is what this guy's name. And he can like carry anything. He's just like, is talking these guys up. And like one of the best is like, he knows his need for others. Like, he's not just like this lone ranger. He's always pointing to his guys and just the camaraderie that's built. When you, when you climb a mountain with someone, I'm telling you, something changes. Some, there's a bond with you and that person. Because, and I can tell you all the different trips. There one time I went up with some guys, and uh, we, um, I think it was some Young Life guys that, that trip. And then we came back down, like, I was, had such a great time. I'm like, Dad, we got to go hike the South Sister. He's like, all right. So I turned around with the next day. Marched up that mountain. It's like there's something that happens, and I just found it in the um, in the shop the other day. Like I, we were camped out uh, by Marine Lake up there. My south sister and I took this root from a tree and I whittled it out and made it like a walking stick for my dad. Found that the other day. It reminded me. It's like man, it's like something has happened. Like something gets forged in a mountain when you when you do stuff with people. When you do things. Go to the next slide. Work. Okay, that's Lillian Corbin. I just came through some old photos, moving some stuff. When you, someone, like, Neil, I mean, with your, you and your employees, like, some, when you're up on a roof, you're doing hard work, like, there's a bond that's built. Something is exchanged with people when you work together. You can go to the next slide. Here's a couple pictures of my boys. I just ran up across these, like, old photos. I was like, these are so cute. Like, teaching, like, boy, you're going to learn how to be a man. None of them really like tree work, but just that. Actually, Hudson, he's actually running saws and stuff. But something is exchange projects. Go to the next slide. This, I don't know if you guys recognize. Do you recognize this? This is the front of my parents' house. 
right across in front of the shop over here. Do you, do you remember this, Mom? That's my mom in the purple. They ripped the whole front of their house off. We put straps on it and hooked it to my old truck and pulled the, do you remember when we pulled the front of the house off? Like something happens when you do stuff with people. My, my encouragement to you guys is to say yes to helping people move something. Hey, can you give me a hand on the couch? I think I'm super busy. When are you doing that? Next weekend? Yeah, super locked up. I've got lots of stuff going on. Mission trips. It's so important to go on mission trips. This is a trip from Kenya. This is the one we did in Colombia years ago. Like, it's just like stuff happens. Relationships are built and formed and like really forged when you do stuff together. Go to the next one. This is significant. I mean, just serving. This was a super simple thing. They had that fire down in Reading. And I went down there for a week to go down there. I went down there and served for a week. And this is my really good friend, Dave. But we just connected with this kid, Elijah. And, and Dave had been spending time with Elijah. And I, I just, the ends up being is Chris Valentin's um, grandson. And I, I didn't know that at the time. And then we got to know each other. And um, he was just in a, just a funky place in life. And it was just like this, it was just like seven days. It was a week. But it was, there was something so significant like this disaster brought together this moment. And now the crazy thing is, is this is down in Reading. That gets his direct boss, supervisor, down and as he's working. It's just like in the kind of the connection of things that happen and the fruit that comes when we have camaraderie, when we have close friends and connection that way. Uh, friendship. Go to the next one. This is, you know, this is Cam and I. Uh, he, I hired Cam. He's like my first employee. It's like 2013. It's 10 years ago. And this is us, you know, maybe two years ago. It's like, it looks like the same picture, just like, you know, me holding the camera. We just do life together. We do a lot of life together. I probably talk to Cam on the phone like every day about something. And if you've ever talked to Cam, is Cam here today? He's just entertaining to talk to you. But I just, there's something, you need friends in your life and connection. And if you are friendless, I'm encouraging you to like do something that makes you go and be friends with someone else. Go find someone to help. Look across the street, find a neighbor, looks like they're something, and then go help them move something or, or do something. Okay, next slide. Um, I digress. Okay, family. Three points in, in, in family. Um, I talked about, um, last week I shared our vision, kind of recapped our vision, our mission, our core values, and our core foundations. One of our core foundations is, is family. Family. Identity, destiny, and family. So under family, shaping your identity. You need family in your life. When we talk about, um, you know, fellowship, having people in our lives, like you need, and not just our immediate family, but like, People that are like family. Okay, that's why church family is super important. It helps shape our identity. Like when you have people in your life, they're like, you know what, you're just so good at that. That's who you are. That's who, it reinforces, reaffirms identity. Like we need that in our lives. And so that's why it's important that we don't just like, that's why we practice, practice the prophetic so much. Because we're just calling out the gold. We're, we're people. We're trying to draw things out in them. Discovering destiny. This is super important. What, what has God called us to do? That we, need, we, we find that and discover that in the context of, of, of family. And then knowing our place. This is you know, kind of like a little 
dose of humility. Okay, let's move on. Family, shaping identity, need for fathers and mothers. 1 Corinthians 4, verses 14 and 15. Paul, Paul the Apostle says, hey, you have like, you have like 10,000 guardians in Christ. Translation of that is like 10,000 babysitters. It's kind of like the, uh, in that uh, culture, you know, like if you were like a Roman aristocracy and like, you know, you were off doing your thing, but you had like, you know, the, the direct translation is like you had like babysitters, kind of like guy, people, you know, uh, was it nannies that are like raising your kids. You got like 10,000 nannies in Christ, but you don't have many fathers, Paul says. And he says, and through the gospel, I became your father. And it's important that as we are, we talk about discipleship, as we're making disciples, not to disciple people to ourselves, but to disciple people unto the Lord. But that, you know, we are, we're doing that. We're living that out. And we become fathers, fathers in the faith, mothers in the faith. And we help shape identity and people. We need mothers and fathers. We don't just, it's like, it's not, again, it's not just me and Jesus, baby. It's me and Jesus. All I need is me and Jesus. Yeah, you need you and Jesus and your Bible and all your spiritual disciplines. And you need other people around you speaking into your life. And in church culture, it's like, you know, if, you know, we're jumping in the river. It's like the banks of the river that kind of contain that. You're in your inner tube kind of bouncing along, kind of going with the flow. It's like that's the culture in the church. It's like, ah, we, it's like the banks of the river are the culture that help kind of direct us. No, we, we, there's a reason we don't do that. Oh, I'm just going to go like, no, you don't do that. Like, I don't, you know, I don't meet with women, you know, one-on-one. Hey, can I, you know, can I just meet with you? Just me and you. I just need to talk through some stuff. No, my mom. Go talk to Christy, you know, or, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I've had a, I remember I had a customer one time, like, hey, can we just get, can I get together for coffee? I'm like, you're like 25 years older than me. What? For what? She's like, hey, you're just a real easy person to talk to. I'd just like to meet with you for coffee. I'm like, babe, you just read this? I mean, am I okay? Like, no, that's not happening. That's weird. I mean, it's just like, there's, there's, there's certain, I mean, to her, she might be totally innocent, but there's just things you, I don't do or we don't do, like, other things in culture, and, but if we're just like following my leading or doing whatever, like you need people speaking in your life and saying like, no, nah, we don't do those things. That's not who you are. Okay, uh, fatherless disciples carry an orphan spirit and we rarely and rarely walk as sons. Do you guys catch that? Fatherless, fatherless disciples carry an orphan spirit and rarely walk as sons. I see this all the time. I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. You know, people come to the church, whatever. Bring up one little thing. Hey, I just, I noticed this was happening. Is this, where are you at with that? Like, whoa, bro, who are you? Like, back off. You know, it's like super easily offended, cannot take feedback, cannot receive any kind of criticism at all. I've had people tell me some really hard things. Ah, wow, that hurt. Yeah, that uh, that didn't feel good. I think I needed to hear that. Maybe I just need to meditate on that, you know. But it's like, I've had guys that I've, I've met with for, you know, and I've bought all kinds of lunches for and sewn in money, blood, sweat, and tears, correct them on one thing, and boom, they're gone. I've never talked to them since. Not that I've intentionally ignored them. They just won't talk to me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a guy 15 years ago. He just... He walked out the door. I've never heard from him since. Could not take feedback. He was a, he was, you know, he was a believer. 
but he was he was definitely an orphan. He could not receive anything. When you try to correct her, you know, you get, you get where I'm coming from. Okay, the second thing under family, discovering destiny, spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about our gifts. We need to walk in our gifts. And we understand we get our gifts kind of, I feel like, drawn out of us in community. Hey, share that word again. That was really good. Like, you just have a gift of sharing. Like, really? Everyone hears from God like that. Like, no, I don't hear from God at all. Like, you, can you just share what you said? That was just so profound. Or, hey, when you show up and you just met with so-and-so, they just, they had tons of visitors and they at the hospital. When you showed up, something significant happened. Something shifted. When you pray for that person, like, you see all the people that are getting healed? Like, it's important that we're in community and we, to draw these gifts out. Destiny prepared, okay? Ephesians 2.10, I love this verse. Jesus, or, uh, Paul says, um, but the Lord, he created, he, he um, set up works for us to do in advance. I feel like it's like a, the best verse that speaks, um, speaks of destiny. I'm just going to turn to it. Kind of, I kind of botched it as I'm trying to like recall it. For we are God's workmanship. And the Greek word there is like, we're his poem. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's created the stuff for us to walk into. How do we, how do, we do that? How do we get to the doing the stuff? It's like, well, you need people calling you, drawing you in, in fellowship to help you walk into your God, all in the context of family. Okay, the second thing in discovering destiny, spiritual gifts. Um, did I just reiterate that same thing? Did I do that twice? Okay, well, that makes, makes this go a lot faster. Okay, the last uh, go to the last slide and keep going. Yeah, this one. Okay, knowing, knowing our place. This is super important, important, okay? You guys good? Like, just take, take I'm going to wrap, wrap it up here in just a minute. I know I'm over my time. Just take out your teaspoon and just take a little teaspoon of humility. Spoon, spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Knowing our place. Um, Romans 12. This is, this is how Paul starts off talking about the gifts. In Romans 12, he's like, I'm just going to read it. It's really good. Um, went the wrong way. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And then he goes on to talk about the gifts. It doesn't start off saying like, man, you are so amazing. You're going to change the world because you are the most gifted. You have this special gift from the Lord, and it is a gift. And you're going to, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you how awesome you are, but first, I want you to take a teaspoon of humility. Just, just use sober judgment, okay, and thinking about yourself before you get like super all hyped up like, hey, but I'm the pastor, Look at me. I have a wireless mic. I control the people. I'm super important. I'm probably the most gifted. That's why you're listening to me. Not really. Do you, you understand? Like, I, there's, there's a measure of humility. Like, when I'm, like, praying and thinking about what I'm going to speak about, I'm like, oh, Lord, is this what I'm supposed to talk about? Gifts. That we walk in a measure of humility and kind of, like, knowing our place in the family. 
Like knowing, hey, number one, I fit in this family. I fit in this family. Like know that you are qualified because of what the Lord's done for you. I'm in the family. I am a son of God, but I'm also a slave to God. And I'm also need to walk with a little bit of humility. Is that good? Uh, Luke 14 is when Jesus tells the story about, hey, like when you come in, don't sit like go, you know, it's better to be called up. Hey, why are you sitting at the end of the table? Come sit up here with us like the cool kids. Why are you at the card table in the corner at Thanksgiving? Like, what? you don't need to be at the kids' table. Come to the big kids' table. Instead of sitting at the big kids' table right at the head, you're like, no, nah, hey, don't sit there. That's where, that's where so-and-so sits. I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. And he kind of gives us this, like, admonishment, like, hey, like, come in low. Okay, the disciples, like, knowing our place. There's the 72. He calls the 72. And he sends them out. And I love that he sends them out in pairs. He doesn't send them out as individuals. Hey, you bunch of awesome individuals. He's like, no, I want you going out in pairs. Why did he do that? I think, I think part of it is like, hey, like, they're not going to, no one's going to believe you anyway. You need someone as like a witness. Like, no, no, no. Like the guy's eyes were healed. The guy rose from the dead. I mean, all this crazy stuff happened when he sent them out and he gave them authority. There's a reason he wants us to go out in twos. That, so there's the two, then there's the, the apostles, then there's the three, Peter, James, and John. And then there was John, who was kind of like Jesus, like, you know, if you want to like boil it down to who's the one that Jesus really like, you know, was kind of like his bestie or whatever. But then in John, and I'll end with this, John 21, verses 15 to 19, um, just before this, this is where Jesus reinstates Peter. Remember Peter denied Jesus three times? He's like, I'll never leave you, Lord, before the rooster crows. You know, like, you're going to deny me three times. And he denies Jesus three times. He shows up on the banks, and he's like, hey, try throwing your net on the other side. They catch all the fish. They come to the shore. Jesus has breakfast ready. And then he reinstates Peter. Peter, do you love me? You know, go feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. And he's kind of hurt, you know. He's like, why did you say ask me three times? And, and then he's, there's this moment. It's just this little thing. I, and I think it's significant that, that it's there. Jesus, he's talking to Peter, and then Peter, uh, you know, points to John and says, like, well, what about him? Because Peter's always kind of like saying stuff. We love Peter. Peter's just a leader, but he's always kind of like saying the wrong thing. He's like, hey, that's none of your, Jesus says, that's my paraphrase, that's none of your business what happens to him. You follow me. You know your place. And so for all of us, man, it's so important that I know my place. But Lord, I, so-and-so's getting all the promotions. Like, I barely make my mortgage, and they're getting, like, a, a pay raise. Or, you know, it's like, and Jesus says, will you just stop? This, I, I'm doing so many things for you, and you're, you're missing all of the blessing. You're missing all the stuff I'm doing to you because you're too. Comparison kills. Every time, comparison kills. So-and-so's business is blowing up, and I started the same business, and mine is dying. Whatever it is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in pyramid cells and I have I'm only got to like the third layer and so and so is at the top and I'm making money for them now. And whatever the thing is, stop it. You're missing out on what the Lord is doing for you in your season. And Jesus says, hey, you look at me, look into my eye gates. You follow me. And when we're following Jesus, not like, 
Again, discipleship isn't, hey, follow me, the pastor. Let's follow Jesus. Let's do it as a family. Let's do it like, you know, spiritual disciplines are really important. It's what Jesus calls us to. But he calls, it to, calls us to do it in the context of to do it with each other. Shoulder to shoulder, linked arms, but we're, we're following his back. Like we're looking at his back. We're not looking, following someone else's back. We're following him. In order to take up a cross, remember, we have to lay some things down. Something significant about doing life with people, not doing it in isolation. And I understand that there's people that can come here and eat weak, but I feel like the, the only person in the room. I feel super isolated. And that's not the Lord's heart. So how, do, how do we plug in? You know, how do we, you know, it's... And I can't, honestly, I mean, we have some small, small groups, home groups. I'd love to have more home groups. But I don't want to micromanage all that stuff. I don't want to micromanage people's lives. And be like, oh, this can be the max group size, and this can be this, and you have to be here, and this is, well, we need a group on Wednesday. Where's a, where's a Wednesday group? It's like, but just make it happen. Like, you're adults. Like, you need that in your life. Make it happen. Look across the room and be like, hey, you want to get lunch? Yeah, I want to get lunch with you. All right, you're buying And just start making friends and be, be a good friend. Take a dose of humility and, you know, make sure they don't buy lunch every time. Don't be that person. No one wants to be friends with that person. So, Lord, I, I ask for good friends. I ask for uh, just the release of great connections, even in this place. Lord, I, I, my heart is that our church would be just, we feel like family. We feel like we do fun things together. Not just on a Sunday morning during preach time, but during the week. We get together, we help each other, and we love each other. And I know there's so many of us, we do such a great job of that. But Lord, that we would just, it would go beyond us, that people would come to know you because of our love for one another. Others will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Lord, help us to love each other deeply. Help us to just to really walk after you in fellowship with one another. We love you, Lord Jesus. And I, I just pray, I just release right now just something to shift where um, those of you who have just, just desired and wanted good friends, that there be just this impartation of just friendship to come on you and just that you would have deep, deep relationships. Amen. Amen. It's going to happen. It's going to be great. Best friends you never knew. All right, now get out.